This podcast episode is brought to you by Offbeat Communications, a media startup that levels up your storytelling with end-to-end production of content videos. Be it product launches, events, or feature interviews, amplify your brand and personality with a video to show. Happy to say that there's no other people leading this besides your host, Matt and Lance. You're sure to experience the same level of production, hosting, and creativity as what you're used to. Konting mas kenkoy lang kami dito ni Matt. Mga ka-Offbeat, let's bring your content to life. Inquire now in Facebook and Instagram at offbeatcoms.ph You can also hit us up in email offbeatcoms.ph at gmail.com Good afternoon everyone. Welcome back to the Project Offbeat podcast where we talk about the careers outside your usual corporate path. Uh, Matt, we're talking sports again today. Uh, yep. So before we've had Vigo, a uh, sports journalist for Rappler, no? Uh, but today, Matt, medyo kakaiba yung career natin, no? We want to talk to a sports multimedia, right? Mm. So, I want to break it down a bit, you know, when I say multimedia, man, he has multiple media platforms, right? He has multiple works across um, and it's such an interesting career, no? Because it's so horizontal, diba? Ang dami niyang scope, covering yeah. sports and whatnot, no? So that's our focus today. Uh, so, you know, Matt, just a quick background of our guest today. Uh, he was a sports writer for Rappler since 2013, a sports reporter as well since 2015. Um, and he's also, you know, uh, a host of a podcast, no? Uh, he hosts the podcast, The Navs Effect. And he also formerly hosted At The Buzzer, uh, mm. basically a Rappler produced uh, podcast as well before, no? Um, and you know what, Matt? Author din to. Um, oh, being Athenians, Matt, medyo, medyo hindi ako agree sa, sa book niya, right? Uh, he wrote Nowhere to Go But Up, you know, uh, yeah. how a basketball team <laughs> inspired a nation, right? And I believe this was inspired when UP uh, broke our hearts, no? And the UAAP, uh, I think that was like two years ago, no? Uh, so that, that hurt me a lot, no? Uh, but yeah. Our our guest today is also an author, and of course, uh, as a sports fanatic, right? He's also a huge fan of the Miami Heat, right? Mm. Uh, super cool stuff, Matt. That he got to interview Coach Goat, Coach Legend, Eric Spolstra, this this year, right? So talagang goals, no? So without further ado, Matt, let's bring in Naveen Ganglani, right? Uh, for Rappler. Uh, and not just rapper, no, he's all around, no. Uh, talking to us about the life of a sports multimedia. Navs, welcome to the show. Hey guys, hello, what's hello, up? Navs. Uh, hello. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind intro. Uh, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Navs, for joining us today. You know, just to break some eyes, uh, but also to break some hearts. No, how are you feeling <laughs> after Dame Dame Lillard? You know, uh chose to be with Giannis no, instead of Emo Butler uh, <laughs> this season, right? Well, I think Dame's first choice was to be in Miami, but Joe Cronin, <laughs> the GM of Portland. Um, oh, okay. Ba- based on what I've read, written by journalists from the States, um, Portland's GM wasn't happy that Dame's agent was saying Dame just wanted to go to Miami. So it was... Um, like a mission of his to send him other to another place. But I guess Milwaukee's not a bad place to go to to play with Giannis. So good for Dame. He's going to get the chance to compete for an NBA championship after so long. Um, in terms of 
obviously I'm disappointed. It would have been nice to see Dame in a Miami uniform to give Bam and Jimmy a chance to lead that team to a potential NBA championship. But I think that now people are underrating the Heat a little bit. It's worth noting that this team did go to the NBA Finals twice in the last four years. Almost made the third Finals also if that shot by Jimmy goes in against Boston in Game 7 yep. in 2021. So yeah. I, I don't think they'll be like the number one seed in the East or anything like that. Um, they'll probably be like what a fourth or a fifth seed again if yeah. they're healthy. But then they've proven also the last few years that they don't really need a high seed to make the NBA Finals. So yeah. they still have who the person who I think is the best NBA coach today, Eric Spolstra. I agree. So, I agree. Pinoy yeah, pride, right? Definitely Pinoy pride too. No? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think they're still pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Uh, really inspiring story of Eric Spolstra, right? He's coming from a... I think he was just a video coordinator before, right? All the way to this goat of a coach of he is, no? So super, super interesting, right? Um, so, anyways, uh, basically our show today, unlike your usual content, Nams, no, we want to hyper focus on your career, right? Because that's what we do here in the Project Offbeat podcast, diba? So, we, I guess I want to start, right? Um, talk to us about your career, Nams, no? Um, when people search you in Google. Uh, <laughs> and dami, and daming types of content, right? Um, you're everywhere, right? I, I mentioned in the intro, you write book, uh, you write, uh, uh, you talk in a podcast, right? You do interviews and you break news in Twitter, right? So all of it in this media spectrum, saan ka nag-umpisa, right? How did you start, right? And then how did you transition or maybe evolve your medium into these different platforms? Um, okay, so I've always been an NBA fan growing up. Um, mm. I've also always been a UAAP fan growing up. So when you're a fan of sports growing up, then 100% you follow media practitioners of the sports that you like, right? So growing up, I was a huge fan of, you know, like Adrian Wojnarowski and how he would break news. Eventually, Shams Charani and how he would break news. But I was also a fan of other areas of sports media and media in general. Like, for example, I used to love reading those long-form profiles that would be written by Lee Jenkins, who was with Sports Illustrated, and he's now part of the Clippers' front office. But his writing was absolutely incredible, the yep. way he would profile someone. And that was something I always wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to break news the way that Woj did it, the way that Shams did it. I was also a fan of podcasts, so I would listen, and I still listen to Bill Simmons's BS um, really? podcast yeah. back okay. when it was on ESPN. Now that it's in the ringer, I've added some new podcasts that I listen to in my collection, like Zach Lowe's Low Post, um, The Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst and Tim McMahon yep. and Tim Bontemps. And obviously, I'd also read like articles by guys who would cover the Miami Heat. So guys like Ethan J. Skolnick, Tim Reynolds, yep. Ira Winderman, uh, Barry Jackson. So I used to consume a lot of different content from media people growing up with the leagues that I enjoyed. So what happened, like I used to watch NFL growing up to uh, UAP. I didn't really um, follow a lot of the local media people, at, at least not until I um, got into the local media scene. But I would read a lot of the guys I mentioned, follow their work. 
And I just knew that what all of them were doing um, was something that I wanted to do as well. I also, because like right now, I also do video reports, pre-game, post-game video reports. So I used to mm-hmm. watch how Stephen A. Smith would do reports for ESPN back in the day. I would watch debate shows like First Take. Well, back in the day, now it's just too toxic for me, so I don't watch um, those debate shows anymore. But back in the day when they would actually debate, like, fundamentals of sports and the intricacies that would get me really interested so when i entered when i was blessed and fortunate enough to enter the media scene particularly sports my number one um, philosophy that i wanted to always follow and thankfully i still follow until today is i let my passions direct what i do or i let my passions determine what goals and ambitions I want to have. So back in the day when I was thinking, okay, do I want to be a writer? Do I want to be a do I want to do video reports? Do I want to be on do on camera work? Do I want to do one-on-one interview sit-downs? I want to do podcasts. The answer was I want to do everything. And damn over over time I've met people who would be intimidated by that or who would be scared by that, you know, just taking on all those responsibilities, doing all of them. And a part of me was intimidated as well. Part of me yeah. would be scared. But the the part of me that would be intimidated or a little fearful was overwhelmed by the excitement and by the passion that I had for what I would get to do. And yep. ultimately, that's always what won out. And I figured, mm. you know, if I'm doing this for fun, if I'm doing this because I love it, then I shouldn't be hesitant to pursue what I want to do, to pursue the passions yeah. that I want. And that really has just driven me all these years. I've been in the media scene for about 10 years now. Um, so there were different stages. At first, I started as a content writer, as a copywriter. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, and then I would become a features contributor. I would write profiles. And then I became a beat reporter. And then slowly, and then, you know, when I got into the field, I started posting on social media. So all the areas that I that I take part in now that I try to do content and all the kind of work I try to do now, that just kind of gradually added more and more over time. And what I am proud to say that I did was as I took on more responsibilities and started doing more multimedia work, I always also wanted to make sure that I would stay true to the areas that got me in to begin with. So writing, posting news on social media. So with all of that considered, I just tried to, you know, have a a foot in everything and just try to produce content, which I thought would be suitable for the topic. So like, for instance, nowadays, when I, when I come up with content, and first I asked myself, okay, what's the topic of the content, right? Would it be like, for example, UP's rise to the championship? Would it be the way Ateneo won a game? Would it be the way the Miami Heat won a game? Would it be um, something PBA? It could be anything and everything, right? Then I asked myself, okay, what's the best medium for this? Should I write about it? Should I produce a social media video about it? Should I talk about it in detail in the podcast? Should I just post stuff on social media updates? Now, sometimes that's dictated by how much time I have in a day. 
because truth be told, all the the work I do in media is actually my part-time job. It's just my second job because my main job, Ooh. my first job is I help my dad run our, our family business. So that's really oh, my wow. main job. So that's everything else, um, mm-hmm. all the media stuff is like my second job, which again, I'm thankful to have. Very fortunate to do so. But at the same time also, I will boast a little bit because juggling all those jobs requires effort and patience yeah. and energy, right? And mm-hmm. I'm happy to say that I've been able to provide all of that to make all of it happen. Wow. Um, first of all, I don't know where to start. <laughs> pero, pero, you know, like just from this conversation alone, I can tell that Navs is a really well-spoken guy. Like, Wow, he kind of compiled all of that and condensed it into such a digestible piece of information about how he runs his life and his passions. No, um, I guess uh, I question that I have is more of, Siguro, what sets you apart in terms of your your reporting style? Because obviously, it's one thing to consume people's content, like, oh, I, I listen to this person, I listen to that person, I I hear what he has to say. But um, I guess in the in terms of um your your tone and your personality how do you show that in in this kind of field no uh, i could argue na oh I- isn't it just breaking news as in like uh they traded for this one or um, yeah. this player decides to retire or something like that isn't it yeah. very cut and dry na man so so i, I guess that's what i want to ask yeah. um, Ma- matt i want to i want to take a stab on that before navs cuz you know, I, I'm I'm following a, of of Mavs, no. How's the game? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, at least for me, fino follow ko naman PBA, right? Uh, their pages and all, but they always hide their news behind articles, right? So when you want something, it's not even in the headline, Matt. It's not even in their in their poster and whatnot, no. So it's so hard for someone that's just scrolling through social media to mm-hmm. get what they want to know, right? Meanwhile, Mavs do it. Like he said, no, Woj, Major Woj style, right? Big big poster, just a picture of the player, breaking news, um, and then whatever he saw or whatever he got in the news, no? Uh, so uh, that's, I think, how it is for me. I like the breakdowns as well, Navs, uh, especially when you do it with Miami. I mean, I mean, honestly, uh, I saw the breakdown you did for Thomas Bryan being the backup, no? Uh it's it feels like a hit on Dwayne Dedmon uh, and his skills before, right? Uh, but yeah, I like it with the short clips. In in that tweet, no, or in that post. So I I guess that's what I like about your way of reporting, Navs. No. Uh, but I don't know, behind the scenes, Navs, how do you do it? No, or how what's your model or what's your values to breaking news and doing reports? Well, Okay, so let's go at it one by one. First, when um, I was asked what sets me apart, I'm guessing that question means what sets me apart from everybody else, right? Um, the answer to that is nothing sets me apart from everybody else because mm. everything I'm doing, everybody else is capable of doing the same. Mm-hmm. As long as you put in the time, the effort, and most importantly, if you have the passion um, and desire to do it, then you can do mm-hmm. anything that you want. Now, there are challenges along the way, both professional and human challenges along the way that you will have to navigate through. But if your will is strong enough, I think you can do what you set out to do, no matter the field that you're in. 
So that's number one. Number two, I was fortunate in the sense that my first ever um, sports editor when I got into Rappler is a guy by the name of Ryan Songalia, who isn't mm. your typical sports editor here in the Philippines. Why is that? Because Ryan um, grew up in New York, New Jersey to be specific, and he'd been a journalist for the New York Daily News. So the reason Big why shot. I think Ryan, my editor, and I connected right away was because he grew up in the States. So he grew up in the state style of reporting and sports media. His specialty was boxing, to be specific. He would cover Pacquiao's fights all the time. And because I grew up consuming that kind of sports media content the way they did it in the States, I gravitated towards him too, and it was an immediate connection. And because I spent so much time with him, because he was my editor, I learned a lot from him too. Like one of the things he would love to tell me back in the day when I'd submit an article that was inadequate was, you're writing scared, write with some balls. He would, that's the kind of lingo that we would like have with each other because that's how, you know, that's the friendship that we developed. It was more than just editor and writer. It was an actual friendship where he could speak like that to me and I could take it not personally because I knew what his intention was, which was to come up with great um, results for the outlet that we would we were working for, which was Raptor. Now, I was also fortunate because when I joined Rappler, Rappler was innovative at the time that I joined them, the early 2010s. At that point, you know, it's hard to imagine now with the advancement of technology and multimedia content creation. But back then, there was still a feeling of traditionalism um, with media. So written articles, um, not a lot of reporting through phones yet. Everything would have to be done through a proper cam- camera, tripod. You know, um, the, the way it was done b- back in the day, which is still done today, to be fair. But just today, we also have mobile journalism to add to that, right? And what does mobile journalism entail? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. That includes, you know, blow-by-blow updates on social media, particularly Twitter, now X. Now you can add Instagram and Facebook to that list as well, even TikTok, you know, with reels and whatnot. Um, but so back in the day when I joined Rappler, Rappler was really one of the first organizations, and I would say the most innovative organization when it came to utilizing your cell phone and utilizing mobile journalism to uh, provide updates and reports. So because I was in that stratosphere, I was trained early in that regard. And I was and I was already an avid user of my phone back in the day because, like I said, I followed the way US media did it. And I yeah. knew that they were already utilizing mobile journalism, particularly Woj with how he'd break news on Twitter. So I gravitated towards that and I leaned on that. And because of that, I think that training early in my career really helped me out. And again, going back to my editor, shout out to him because a lot of editors especially when you're in the early stages of your media career and you have these goals and things you want to try out, a lot of editors might not let you do that, right? Like, for example, a lot of editors Mm -hmm. in your early stages might not let writers write opinion pieces or features because they haven't been in the field long enough yet. Um, My editor, Ryan, was not like that. He, in fact, he pushed me think outside of the box, to come up with unique ideas, to um, do profiles, even if I was new 
he let me make mistakes and learn at the same time while um, trying to go for my goals and what I wanted to do. And I'm thankful to him for that because more than anything, experience is your best teacher, right? When you're out there yep, in the field, for sure. when you're out there talking to people. Yeah. So, Guru, uh, just the, what's your process of putting up together a post, no? Whether it be in okay. X or where it be in Facebook. For example, okay, Jaron Teng, no? Uh, from where your source would be, don't you don't need to mention the source and how you uh, posted it to your following. No, how did that happen? What's your process there? So, Jeron Teng news bit, for example, I I got wind of that because I saw someone post about it. Someone who's close to Jeron post about it. So Ooh. the moment that. I saw that posted. And also, like, I got a call the night before yesterday um, mm -hmm. from a source, a friend who told me, okay, something might be happening the next day. Just um, stay, uh, stay ready in case it happens. And so once that happened, the first thing I did was use the picture that was posted by this person, source them properly when I shared it. Mm. And then yeah. I also messaged my editor, Jason, a friend of mine, who also does some graphic editing um, mm. using online platforms. So he came up with a little something. And then before I posted it, by the way, also sometimes when he's not available, I go to like Canva or even something simple like Visco and just try to make a quick edit. Uh, yep. My mindset there is that it doesn't need to be 1,000% beautiful. It just needs Agreed. to be efficient. Yeah. Yep. Fast. Always you know? better done than perfect, right? Yeah. Um, especially in the world now where back in the day, people would say quality over quantity. And I still think quality yeah. is more important over quantity. But I think now in the world of social media and when you where you have so many things happening and so many... Uh, so much content coming in at the same time. Quantity is important as well because that will allow you to just stay up there in terms of being like a go-to source of news or whatever you know your your team is, your brand is. So once that picture was ready, I called a friend of mine, a source of mine. I just got the details about what happened. It was about like a five, seven minute call. So I asked questions like, okay, so how long is the contract? How many years is it? Um, which other teams were interested? What was his motivation for choosing San Miguel? Why that team? Yeah. Oh, because he's that played for that team before. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got mm -hmm. that bit of information too. So yeah, it's just, you know, getting... No, first question you have to ask yourself is, okay, do I know the important information that I want to find out? So once you have that, then it becomes easier to try and get that information because knowing is half the battle. Once you know what you want and once you know what you're trying to get, then now the next step yeah, is making a path to getting that information because you already know yeah. what you want anyway. Now, like almost anything in life, if the first step is always knowing, once you know and you realize what your goal is, what you're trying to achieve, and you keep that goal the main thing, you know, like the great Pat yeah. Riley says, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Once you know that, mm. then it becomes easier to come up with objective steps towards garnering that information. Yeah. I I, yeah. I appreciate that you actually do 
validation. Like in a world where everyone's naguunahan, you actually called whoever this guy is. Could be Jaron's friend, could be Jaron's circle or SME circle, right? And you actually called them, right? So it makes me think whenever trade season in, in the NBA and Woj and Shams are going head on head, they always have like a short sentence at the end of each tweet na, this is the reason why this guy signed with this team. And I can't help but think, fuck, man, um, how hard is it to validate all of those things? Diba? I, I, I think, siguro, dati pa nila meron yung info na yun, right? Because that's a lot of news uh, spread out in one short time range, diba? Eh, siyempre, so, the team yeah. wants to keep it hush-hush also, diba? Oh, so, oh, oh, may, oh, may mga ganon, may mga politics, right? May mga corporations that will shut the media off, diba? Um, so, I appreciate it. Thanks for validating your your post, you know? Yeah, and also just to add to that, a lot of times, the information that you get isn't information you get at one go, right? So, when you're chasing a story mm-hmm. or a piece of news that you want to report, that sometimes that's weeks or days of calls of constant communication um of fine it's almost like building a puzzle mm-hmm. so you have this board and you need the pieces to fit so eventually you get the full story so different days different weeks you'll get like a few pieces of the puzzle then you'll have the border like all around and then some days it's you get it all in one go. So Galing. there's really like no one-step formula to achieving it every single time. Yeah. And that's something that you just kind of have a grasp of or you learn once you've been mm-hmm. in the in the field for a bit. Awesome trade. Nabs, uh, I want to ask, no, let's just say, for example, yung kay Jaron Tang signing with San Miguel, right? Uh, was it intentional that you sort of maybe followed people or the circles of these players prior or lang, you know it just happened upon you you know you know this guy and this guy was able to uh you know break some news there or maybe at least just post it in their instagram or whatnot no um meron ba kayong mga ganun, like accounts that follows everyone you know all the friends of jeron tang or all the friends of smc right para mauna ka sa mga ganitong news <laughs> um I not necessarily like follow and like um have this like deep network of sources just related to like Jeron Tang, for example. It's well without revealing too much of like my my style or my my process. Um it's really relationship building over the years. Mm. Mm. And once you build relationships with certain people. Yep. It really goes a long way. Like, for example, nowadays, even when I go to the games or the arenas or when I meet um, uh, strangers who know me for my work, see my social media posts, you know, consume my content, they tell me, wow, you're, like, you're so good at um, breaking news or gathering information. Uh, how do you do it? You know, people probably yeah. want to tell you. And obviously, I'm very <laughs> thankful for the kind words. I'm very, um, I'm very grateful that I'm in this position where people see me as a, as an outlet where yeah, they can yeah. get their updates in sports. But it doesn't happen overnight. 
at all. Like, mm-hmm. like I tell the people closest to me, you know, the, where I am now, and by the way, I still think I have ways to go in terms of like living up to what people say, like you're the Woj or you're Shrimp. Or like, I, I don't think I'm anywhere close to that yet, to be honest. I feel like I still have ways to go. I have so much work to do before I even get close to that. And even if I do get to a point where people where I feel I'm worthy of that uh, recognition, I I don't want to be like Woj or Shams. I want to be me. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I want to Navs. You know, you got yeah. Nabs. I want to be me. Right. I want to be me. <laughs> and now, don't get me wrong. If like years ago when I was still in college, someone told me like you would be compared to like these people, I would first of all I wouldn't believe it a thousand percent. No. And I, but then like I would be so humbled about it, and I still am so humbled about it. Don't get me wrong, but then at the same time, I guess it comes with age. Where now I think about it, and I'm like, I, I, I just want to be me. Um, I just want to be me. I want to do things because I want to do it, not because I feel like I have to do it. I do what I do because I love it, because it's my passion, not because I want to build up a certain reputation or brand. And having that mindset over the years has really, I think, guided me to where I am now. And so far, knock on wood, I I guess I could say that it's worked to some degree for me. And that's what I'm going to keep pushing for, you know, just being driven by my passion and ambition more than anything and not for the recognition, not for the praise, not for, you know, the, not for the love even. Maybe love, yes, but love for what I do more than anything. And back to the original point I was saying, it took a while. First few years when I tried to gather news, when I tried to uh, gather reports, breaking stuff, there were a lot of days there where messages would be left on read. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get calls back. Or Grab people it. would ask me, who the hell are you? Sino <laughs> 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 But yeah, but but can I message? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Thankfully, nowadays it's less because now I guess a lot of people have seen my work in different mediums, right? Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. It it takes time. It takes patience. It takes it takes relationship building. You know, mm-hmm. being like in any industry in any field of life, in my opinion. How well you work with people is going to help determine how far you go because that's just the yep. truth of the matter, right? You, For sure. E- even if you're an individual content creator, well, you're not just going to make content by yourself the whole time. You're going to collaborate with other people at certain stages or you're mm-hmm. going to come up with partnerships with different people in certain stages. So how well you work with others will help determine how far you get to like I heard this one time in an interview done by Colin Cowherd, uh, another media practitioner in the US. And he said, some of the most important conversations about you are going to happen when you're not in the room. Probably like 80 to 90%, right? And you can't control what people are going to say about you. And I can tell you right here, right now, that there are conversations about me in rooms where people aren't saying the nicest or best things about me. Like, I'm just going to keep it 100 here. Like, that 100% (laughs) happens. 
but I'd also like to think there are conversations in some rooms where I'm being talked about where there are people who I've built friendships with over the years and I can say that they have my back. And for that, I'm yeah. super duper thankful. That to me means more than like any piece of breaking news or any kind of content yeah. I put out there. Because like, for example, okay, in my opinion, the biggest news I ever broke was the night that Francis Lopez committed to the UP fighting Maroons, right? Mm, um, this year. Because he was previously, yeah. yeah, that was this year. To me, that was still like the biggest news I've ever chased. But 10, 20 years from now, are people going to remember that I broke that news? Perhaps. I would like to think so. But are people going to remember me more for how I treated them and the relationships I had with them? 100% yes. And that to me is what's important. Nabs, I'm I'm gonna make like this, I know, uh, this ne- like a uh, mean joke, but I don't take it personally. <laughs> go lang, go lang. Pero, pero how I see, yeah, not just you know, uh, but like si Sham, si si Woj, kind of like a professional marites. <laughs> relationship building, then through the years you get to know these stories, then you break the stories to people. Alam mo yun, yung parang chismis na ewan. And but, people want to you know, tell you stuff, no? Yeah, 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 exactly. 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 People want to tell you stuff. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they don't. <laughs> oh, oh, nga. Tapos people might get angry at you because, I, why, why is he so curious? Why is he asking me? Ganon. Get. I mean, it's sort of like a professional madites. I don't know if you agree, no. Pero, um, yeah. Uh, I, I guess my my question here is. You know that that uh, you you talked about your the best story that you reported on. Siguro, my question is, what's the most unusual story? What's the quirkiest rumor that you've heard um, and had to investigate and report on? Um, Maybe Jimmy, na, Jimmy Butler's na, 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 uh, false news show or you never got to report it. Just something that you had to go into. Oh, well, well into first of all, hole. first of all, I should say, yeah, out of everything I hear or the news that I gather, I probably only report like 30 to 40 percent and the other 60 because the other 60 percent are off the record or kept low key (laughs) (laughs) um so that's an interesting topic but that's a topic for another day the quirkiest i would say was early in my career when mika reyes and kiefer ravenna started dating each other Mm, and they had Yeah. yeah they had i think they had broken up and we had to do a story about it because at that point, everyone was like just digesting content and articles about because they were like both were like high profile UAP athletes. So I'll never forget. I had to call Kiefer one time. I had to ask him, So, what's the latest with you and Mika? People are saying this and that. And I was just so like yeah. shy and like so, um, I was cringing a little bit while I was doing it, but I had. I wouldn't say I had to do it, but it was something that as a publication, we felt like we had to do because it was, whether we like to admit it or not, even in sports, people, fans are very interested in the personal lives of the athletes. And yeah. a huge portion uh, a huge portion of professional lives is who's dating who, especially mm-hmm. if you're dating another athlete. So yeah. I spoke to Kiefer on the phone. I remember we laughed about it for like one minute, how I had to ask him this question. Because he was so used at that point to me asking about basketball questions or UAP. Then I wrote the article about it. Uh, it's probably the first ever article I wrote that 
I didn't want to tweet out right away that hey, and you because normally when I have a new article, I'll tweet it out. Okay, wrote this piece. <laughs> I think it took me like a few hours before I finally tweeted it out. Uh, and you, the, my text and my tweet, I can't remember right now, but it was something like, "Yes, cannot believe I'm doing this, but here's the update." And so I, I think that would <laughs> that's what comes to mind right away. Yeah, uh, it was it was very uh, it was a very interesting time. I mean, so far from the years that I've followed you. Panay, panay sports news naman, right? Uh, <laughs> rom- romantics, uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen one, right? So, great, great. Uh, that that's a very cool story, no? Siguro, uh, my next question is, uh, you said you've been doing this for ten years now, right? Um, maybe rapper, maybe you know, basically, uh, here here in this media industry, like, I want to ask, what's a good thing about doing media work, no? Uh, multimedia work, all kinds of medium, no, in the Philippine setting, right? Uh, you mentioned a lot of your, uh, you know, you attribute a lot of your success to your predecessors and those people that trained you in a Western mindset, right? But now you're breaking news for the UAAP, NCAA, PBA, right? Panay Pinoy leagues, right? With Pinoy fan bases, right? So what's the great thing about you know doing work here, um, and also perhaps what is the hard thing? about doing media work here in the Philippines? Well, the fun part of it, number one, is first of all, the games are amazing. Um, not all games are amazing. Some are blowouts. Some are, you know, some are frankly kind of boring um, or uneventful. But then there are games, like last night's LaSalle UP game that was incredible. You could feel Damn. the passion in the crowd. You could Damn. feel the excitement. You could feel the energy, the atmosphere. Could feel hearts beating at like different speeds all at the same time. I can see people sweating, some people crying at the games. And sports just brings out so many different emotions in all of us um, throughout the game, a match, a contest. And I've always felt that sports has been a great avenue, a great medium to really show you the differences in human emotions and human feelings. And I've always enjoyed that part of it. And obviously, um, there are the areas that are fun too. Game winners, um, comebacks, collapses, post-game quotes, uh, excitement, meltdowns. You know, there are so many layers to it to unpack that you can just really take what you want and see what kind of content you can come up with it. Um, challenges. Well, sometimes people in social media can be quite a handful, <laughs> um, especially Pinoy, be, man. Pinoy, grabe, grabe. Like, frank, frankly, some of them are a pain in the ass, uh, and some of them who are a pain in the ass. Do so with just like the dumbest, um, misinformed. Um, sorry, I shouldn't say dumb. Okay, I, I apologize for that. I will. Let's just let's be nicer. Let's say misinformed and. Um, irrational uh, opinions and thoughts and assumptions assumptions right like yep for a lot of so a lot of times the media is like the messenger between the at in sports the media is the messenger between the athletes and the fans to some degree so what the athletes say what the coaches say the media reports and then the fans react or the fans have something to say as well uh, so because of that, it's easy sometimes to blame 
the media or to use the media as an avenue to release your emotions, frustrations. It works the other way to excitement and happiness. Yeah, yeah, Is it yeah. And some, kind of thing? yeah. Sometimes, or parang, for example, um, let's say like yesterday, LaSalle was playing good first half, right? So obviously, yep. I'm going to give like my observation and analysis and I'll say, LaSalle's playing well in the rebounding. This guy's playing well. The team's energy is coming really well. And then UP makes a comeback in the second half in Panalo UP. <laughs> and then fans will fans were messaging me after Kasalanan Moto. They used the word Kulam, K-U-L-A-M. You jinxed the team. Jinxed the team, yeah. Like, yeah, sure, you know. 10 players playing on the court. 12 to 15 players playing in each team, coaches preparing, months of preparation. But sure, because I tweeted something, I'm the reason why Lasal <laughs> lost. So it makes absolute great sense. But then that's yeah. why the word fan is fanatic, right? When you're a fanatic, sometimes you, you aren't thinking rationally. Yeah. You're not thinking yeah. logically. You know, you're sometimes it's you're driven by emotions. And there are times those emotions can lead to people saying harmful words or um being frankly a little rude, but it also comes to the territory. And if you work in media and you're going to be a reporter, particularly for sports, you can't have thin skin. You need to be able to process yep. the information that you see and have perspective that yep. you know when people are saying like rude stuff about you, it's not exactly you that they're pertaining to because they don't know you. You can't know who someone is, their personality mm -hmm. is in social media. And those who feel like they can assume your whole personality or who you are based on what you tweet without having met you ever in real life, it, it doesn't, it's not efficient. It's not accurate. You're never going to mm -hmm. get an idea of who someone is completely unless you've spent a lot of time with them in person. But of course, in Agreed. social media, where you can be a keyboard warrior, say what you want to say without seeing someone in the face directly, meeting, yeah. you know, talking to them eye to eye, people feel a little emboldened sometimes. Laluna, if you can yeah. hide your real name, if you can be like yeah. a bot and you don't even mm -hmm. have to put your picture there. So what I've done recently is I've actually stopped looking at my notifications and mentions on Twitter, for example, during a game. Once in a while, yeah, sure, I look at it to see um, what people want to like talk about or where people have concerns or where people, what topic people are really into because that can sometimes help determine what kind of reporting I should go after because it's knowing what people want to hear about, right? Yep. But in terms of those replying, responding, no. Like, my mindset about it too is, okay, if for 10 years now I've done this and every time I'm you know reporting or out there in the field, I'm saying what I say by putting my name out there and putting my actual face out there, my profile picture, putting a mm. name and a face um, to my social media platforms and saying what I have to say, then why on earth should I respond to you or take what you have to say seriously if you're not going to put your real name and your real face out there, right? Ooh. If you don't have like the guts to put your actual yeah. name and you know face out there then you don't that doesn't justify a response from me like i'm sorry yeah, right. if anyone's going to be affected by that and i don't mean to like you know hit anyone or make them feel less about themselves but yep. it's just how i feel it's um yep 
I've been doing this long enough that everything I write, everything I post, everything I tweet has my actual name. I put my name there and I put my 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 face there. So if you're going to respond to me, for example, and you know, just like be straight up rude or be be an ass sometimes, uh, real talk. Mm. Um, yeah. Then not only am I not going to not respond to you, I'm also not going to take anything that you say seriously because if you're hiding behind the face of, you know, uh, whatever picture you have or whatever made up name you have, then I just, I don't take what you have to say that seriously. Truth. Is that a confirmation that you don't have a burner account, uh, Naps? I do not. <laughs> like, I do like, not have a burner account. No. Of course, uh, Katie. No. Of course, Katie has, I, you know? I, I have a private account, like on Instagram. I have. Oh, okay. A, I have an okay. Instagram for my work, and I have an Instagram from you know family personal and life. friends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, personal life. Like I try to separate them as much as I can. Facebook also have a private Facebook and they have a Facebook page mm-hmm. for my news updates. But yeah, burner accounts, nah, I mean. Yeah, I know, nah. right? I know, right? Yeah. I, I, I would make like, when I was in high school and college, I'd make like fan accounts um, of like NBA, for example. Like I once made a a Twitter account just to follow Miami Heat people and just to tweet yeah. during games. Yeah. But then that lasted like what? two three months and then i got tired of it <laughs> yep, yep. um and then yeah it's never been my thing awesome awesome okay i want to uh attack nabs on the multimedia front that you do no could you take us through uh maybe just a rough gist no how long do you spend uh in doing your podcast in nabs effect uh in breaking news in twitter of course and not just breaking news you know breaking down the highlights right sharing facts there sharing new rumors and also i think uh you also write right you also write for rapplers sb nation and even you wrote a book no how do you split this uh, in terms of your time spent on it right and why is that so well i i really use my calendar app on my macbook pro to help me schedule things and mm. on top of all of that as well um i still want to have a personal life right i still have relationships in my life with family and friends that i want to keep up with i have a basketball league that i join and play i play hoops like two to three times a week i try to work out every day if i can Uh, i have a bowling league also i'm a part of i have a few (laughs) fantasy leagues i'm a part of um so basically like right now Almost like every Sunday when I look at my schedule for the upcoming week, it's like Monday to Sunday, usually panunayan. It's full na. Um, so one of the things I've started doing recently has been to start waking up earlier just to add more hours to my day. Now, I've sacrificed some sleep for that. Typically, I like sleeping like... on In a perfect world, I'd be sleeping like 9 to 10 hours a night. Impossible, Impossible yeah. Like, I love staying up and doing things, but now that I'm like 30 years old in the past few years, I've also started to love sleeping and just resting my mind. It wasn't always the case. When I was a kid, I would sleep like four or five hours a night. There were some college nights I wouldn't sleep at all. And just because I wanted to keep doing things, I wanted to watch shows, I wanted to play games, video games, also try 
I try to play video games. I used to play a lot more. Now, not so much. Um, I also do content because on the side for video games, for movies, for TV. Uh, I do film reviews sometimes too. Um, but of course, recently with the FIBA World Cup and with UAAP sports has taken up a lot of my time. Yeah. But yeah, I just try to schedule everything properly. Like for example, okay, mm. let me look at my calendar right now. So yeah. for example, today, um, here, 1 p.m. podcast guesting with Offbeat Project with what you guys are doing. After this, I have a writing thing I have to do. After that, I'm going to go home and get ready for um, my basketball game tonight. After my basketball mm. game, I have a fantasy draft tonight. Uh, mm. And then I'm going to sleep. And then tomorrow, wake up and I have some family stuff to do. So I just try to schedule everything, manage my time as well as I can. Yeah. Then when it comes to determining, okay, when am I going to write? When am I going to make a podcast? When am I going to make social media content? It, again, it goes back to what I said about, okay, what's the topic that I have? Let's be intentional about this. So Interesting. let's say I got, let's say I did an interview with Nick Cabanero of UST the other day. Okay. What's the best medium to do that? Should I talk about it on my podcast? Should I write an article about it? Should I um, make a video about it? Yeah. Should how, how do you I decide that? How, how do you decide that? Like if you AP Bamatic na they prefer like long form content, no? Or it's your hunch, you know? Personal hunch too. It's a hunch. It's a hunch. There are different factors that I weigh pros and cons. Like, for example, mm-hmm. okay, what's the best way to reach the audience with this topic? You know, like is it something people would enjoy consuming from hearing about it? Or is it something that people would want to read quickly and then go on to another topic, for example? Yeah, got it. So, mm-hmm. like the other day, uh, I was talking with Juno Sauler, the head coach of the DLSU Green Archers from 2013 when they won a UAAP championship. So, we decided we're going to make content, you know, with the 10-year anniversary of the championship team. It's 2023 now. So, once we, once I decided I wanted to look back and look at the stories of the team and how they, you know, they fought past a slow start in that season to get to the finals and win a championship. I was like, okay, a podcast would probably be the best medium to do that because there would be a lot of stories to share there. And I want to make sure the stories that coach shares would get its proper context, right? So a podcast is the best way to go about it. But like, let's say, for example, yesterday, I did a quick interview with Mason Amos of Ateneo. It was like a minute and a half. I'm like, okay, it's a minute and a half. We talked about two things. I'll just make it a social media reel that we can post wow. Raptor in my social media yeah. platform. So there's no one trick to figure it all out. There's no like cheat yeah. sheet to tell you, okay, this, this, this. You really just have to go with your hunch and you just really have to go with what you think is right. And more importantly, you just have to go with what would make you have the most fun while you are doing it. Interesting. May mga gano interviews pala, no? Like 1.5 minutes? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's and you'd so be sur- fast. Yeah, no? you'd be surprised how many quotes you can get. Lalo na kung mabilis magsalita yung tao. I mean... Be... <laughs> Record agad, no? Record agad. Yeah. Yan, yeah. Dapat, no? Yeah, yeah there are different ways. But at the end of the day, it's you who has the creative control, no? On on that end. Like, uh, what output to create and where to release it? I do. Now... Not mm-hmm. everyone does. I am fortunate that I do. Uh, yeah. I would like to say I put myself in a position to be able to have that creative freedom because agree. You know, 
creative yeah. freedom is okay. So I'm fortunate because, like I told you guys, um, on top of my media work, I also have uh, my a, f- a few businesses that I help manage, right? So that yeah. also yeah. helps take care of me to some degree in terms of my livelihood. And yeah. because yeah. I have that, I do have the liberty to some degree because of course financial aspects are still very important so be- course, but because yeah. i have that i i do have the liberty to some degree to prioritize creative freedom now mm. i'm also mindful of the fact gets, that not gets. everyone has that and for yeah. some people who might not have that they are to some degree required to pursue yeah. a certain type of medium because My constraints. that's what's needed Correct. of them to do the yeah well, not constraints, maybe more. That's what the job requires them to do. And they need okay. a job. Okay. Right? And we I all see. need jobs. Even I need my jobs. I'm sure you guys feel you need your jobs too. Yeah. Whenever For ev- anyone who has a job, that's something to be blessed and thankful about. Right? Because there are those who might not be so fortunate. So yeah. it really is a matter of person to person. And each person has different experiences, different perspectives, and why they do things. And I think that's something, that's one more thing that I've learned just from, you know, being in the field for a while, not a while, while, but at least like a decade at this point, I would say that that has some level of substance to it. Each person is different. Each person goes through different experiences, has different perspectives, and there's really no one set of rules for everyone that will work for them. Mm -mm. Awesome. Um, sige. I, I wanna uh, I wanna jump off Navs, no. Uh, earlier also you also mentioned na di naman lahat ng tao, you know, have that flexibility like you do to do any creative output that you want in what form that you like, no. Uh, so it begs the question, at least for our listeners that are trying to you know penetrate into this media world, no. When is the right time to work for a media company like Rappler? And when it, when do you know if it's time to maybe pursue your own path, pursue your own medium, diba? Uh, like what you're doing now with your individual-based content like Nav's Effect, diba? And how you do in, independent break news right now. Wow. So I kid you not, as you guys are talking to me right now, I just got an important piece of new oh, information. Oh, shit. Okay, you want to take a break? You want to take a break? You want to take a break? Um, <laughs> actually, yeah. Let, 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 let okay. me uh, just make a quick call. I'll be right back. Of course, of course. All right. That is so cool, man. Ano kaya lumabas? I, I'm so excited to, to see this tweet. <laughs> We're back. Hey, I guys, saw it. Sorry. I saw it, man. I saw it, man. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> Big deal, man. Big deal. Sorry. Okay. Yep. yep. Pwede recording if you guys want that I had to leave suddenly for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess as a recap for our listeners, no, uh, we were asking Nabs a question and suddenly, wow, breaking news! What's the breaking news, Nabs? <laughs> breaking news! Breaking news! Yeah, Matt, so, I'm gonna, um, I'm the one, I wanna break it. I wanna break it. You know. Uh, <laughs> go see, it, see, go it. Yeah, from from Naveen Ganglani in Twitter, no. Uh, Robert Bollick has, has decided to cancel his contract with the B-League. Uh, yes. I think it was due to uh, her wife's pregnancy situation. No? So, so, my delicate 
ano doon ah. Yeah. <laughs> May nangyari. Yeah. So um so literally as we're recording this, I saw my phone, my missed call. And then I saw my phone, my mga text messages. So I'm like, okay, something's going on. So I checked it, yeah. and then I saw the news that I posted. And I was like, wait, wait lang. That's why I had to like ask you guys if I could leave for a bit. And thank you right. for do- allowing me to do that, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, Robert Bollick, upon his own request, has requested to cancel his contract. And that was a two-year contract, by the way. One plus one, so one-year player option. He has asked to cancel his contract with his team in the B League. And that team is, um, I just want to make sure I pronounce this correctly, Fukushima Firebonds. The reason yeah. why, I don't know the full details yet, but from what I've gathered so far, excuse me, sir, is that his wife is pregnant. They are in the first trimester. Uh, I don't know what exactly. I was just told that it's a little delicate. And they are in Japan, both of them. But because Robert is playing in the B League, that would involve home and away games, right? Home and away yeah. games. So he wouldn't be in the city that they're based in all the time. And because they moved there from the Philippines and his wife asked, now I'm just like, this is what I'm gathering now or what I'm thinking. Uh, I, I imagine the reason why is because he wouldn't be around all the time and the the pregnancy is a little delicate. They've decided to come back to the Philippines. They're on their way back right now. I believe they're in the airport uh, to prioritize the health of his wife's um, child, uh, their child. Mm-hmm. He's decided to prioritize their family. And again, I don't know the full story yet, but if that is, that seems to be the main decision why to prioritize their family. And that is a very responsible and um, very yeah. good choice by Robert because he's a great basketball player. And I'm sure that it wasn't easy to, you know, ask for the contract to be canceled Definitely. considering that he was well compensated for playing for them. Yep. But for yep. him, and to he's make already in Japan. And he's already, yes, in Japan, he's already there too. And he had played he a few decision. games for them. So his yeah. decision to prioritize his family, of course, kudos to him for that, to prioritize the health of his child. And hopefully everything is okay. Uh, I know Robert. I've um, known him since he was in La Salle. We've done articles together. I've spoken with him a few times. Um, fortunate to say that more than just a player, he's also someone I consider a friend. So I wish him all the best. I wish his wife all the best. I wish their family all the best. And I wish that they have a successful pregnancy. Agree, agree. Well, kudos as well to Fukushima, you know, uh, that team yes, you know, for allowing, yes. ba, for allowing Robert to actually kudos to them. Yes. cancel his contract, ba? Ah, mm. wow. Family that over everything, man. That was yeah. exciting, huh? That was exciting. That's the life. <laughs> that's the life of Nams and that's the, sports multimedia. That's the developing story. Yeah, yeah. Thanks oh, for, yeah. thanks Nams, no, for giving us like this first you know this uh first look into like what is it to be uh you know sport media journalist <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I swear uh again so sorry about so sorry about that i had to leave it the podcast recording so suddenly but thanks for allowing me to do that and yeah that is um kind of uh it's not the first time it's happened ironically um <laughs> even while i record my own podcast i suddenly get like some breaking news sometimes i'm like oh wait wait yeah. tell my guess sorry 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 but yeah appreciate you guys for uh allowing me to do that awesome stuff awesome stuff okay 
Uh, so, Nams, I think we left off by me asking you a question. Uh, how, how, how do you know, when do you know if it's time to like branch out from your media network? Um, or, you know, you could still work in your media network, but maybe create your own path now, create your own medium now. Uh, how do you know, you know for our listeners that are maybe perhaps journalists on their own in different organizations? Pero ngayon, ikaw, di ba? Multimedia ka na. Uh, when is the right time to do that? There really is no right time. It's just a matter of when you want to do it and sticking with it. So I came up with my podcast. I started my podcast sometime in the pandemic. And I had known that I wanted to do to do a podcast before that. But I wanted to make sure I did it when I really wanted to do it. When I thought of guests I could invite, topics I could talk about. When I knew that I could speak for 30 to 40 minutes straight by myself if I had to about different topics, which I'm still learning as well. I wouldn't say I've mastered it yet. I am far away from doing that. So, and I'm not sure if I'm even ever going to do that because there's always something new to learn, something always new to develop. But I did know I always wanted to do it. And sometime in 2020, I felt, okay, you know what? There are a few topics I want to talk about. A lot of people are home because of the pandemic. This would be a good time to branch out and get some good content out there, look back in stories. No sports events were happening at that time, except maybe the NBA, which was um, obviously in the United States. They had an NBA bubble. But I thought, okay, great time to maybe release this right now. I'm home a lot. So because of the pandemic, I could focus on I could focus on what I want to get out there, the guests I could invite over. Zoom was becoming a thing. That made it easier to record as well because then we could do it online. And once all those pieces just clicked, I was like, okay, let's do it. And I didn't really even have a plan. You know, some people when they start a podcast, they come up with a huge plan. And kudos to those who do that because I know some podcasters. You two probably do this too. You two, you know, were approach it way more professional than even I do, to be honest with you. Uh, you guys sent the really? questionnaire before this episode. I, yeah, uh, my my <laughs> podcasting game plan has always been okay. Find the guests, send them the Zoom link, find the time, and go at it without any outline, without any questions. You know, just Grab have a conversation. <laughs> and <laughs> so that's what I that was what I did to start and. It worked for me, you know, in the opening moments of when that podcast came out. And it's just something that I've stuck with because I enjoy it too. I just enjoy having natural conversations with people. They're letting the conversation decide where it would go. Now, there are times there are certain questions I want to ask and I keep in the back of my mind, obviously. But for the most part, when it comes to podcasting, it was about where can I let this conversation go? Where can it flow into? And, and I still do that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, tough, tough. Uh, but I, I, I think you actually uh, just do it, no? Nikes just do it, diba? Uh, sometimes it's all about that, diba? <laughs> uh, I think yeah. just, just enlighten us, um, Navs, uh, author, author wise, you wrote a book, uh, yes. about UP and their championship run, diba? When did that occur to you? Na, you know what? I could do this, right? You, you so... write articles, but this one's a book. This one's a book, man. <laughs> So the first ever book I wrote was, well, I didn't really finish it. I wrote like two, three chapters. I was 16 years old. Um, 
I really like this girl. So I, you know, to Ooh. impress her. At that point, right? When you like a girl, you're just like doing different things to try and impress her. Yeah. So oh, to wow. impress her, I made this like story of um of fictional characters but then obviously the hint was the main guy in the story was me and the main girl in the story was her mm-hmm. and it was actually was actually my best friend at the time she's still my best friend she's also my wife now so i think wow. something there there you go there you go <laughs> uh, um so yeah it was a shout out to karina um so it worked out but then, yeah, that was the first time. But I was an avid reader growing up. I mm-hmm. read the Harry Potter books. I read all the sports books I could get my hands on. Um, I read nonfiction books as well. Especially, you know, those days, but my brownout, palang electricity, mm-hmm. uh, no TV, no video games, no nothing. Okay, what's my form of entertainment? I'm going to read a book. Um, yeah. During summers when I was a kid, I would play basketball in the morning. I would come home eat lunch i would read the whole afternoon and i was always a coffee drinker even when i was a kid so i would have my coffee i would read a book <laughs> i would love it when it would rain because i'm ganda ng vibe i'm reading a book coffee so because i was such an avid reader and because i liked writing when i was young i told myself okay i really want to write a book one day then Mm-mm. when i became a writer in media i told myself okay i want to try to write a, my first book before i turn 30 years old and then, you know, 2018, UP had this incredible run in the UAAP basketball scene where they made the final four for the first time in more than two decades. Yeah. And their story from being a team that won zero games in a season to having a bonfire for winning one win to slowly by slowly developing into a basketball program that turned yep. from to some degree, like this, they were the cellar dwellers in terms of how they were always at the bottom of the standings. The UP fans at that time wouldn't exactly watch the games. And then I learned more about the behind the scenes story of how they turned things around, how a group of dedicated UP alumni came together to, in their way, give back to the school that gave them so much by helping turn around this basketball program. Yeah. Because they felt that if this basketball program would be turned around and they'd be competitive, then a sleeping giant would wake up. And that sleeping giant is what we see in the UAP games right now. When the UP crowds, the most right yeah. now, I would say the most passionate crowds in UAP come to every game, cheer their hearts out, sing their songs, you know, and that didn't happen overnight. There was a lot of work that went on behind the scenes. A lot of inside stories of players and coaches and alumni and management and how despite all the challenges they face, you know, raising money just to buy food for the players, raising money, um, getting alumni to sponsor, provide anything they can just to support the team and the system. And it was just a, to me, it was just a beautiful story of how people behind the scenes came together and made it all happen and turned what was the UP team from 10 years ago, a zero-win team into what they are now, a championship contender year year in, year out. That was a great turnaround. And after the season where UP made the final four, so I came out with the book actually 2019 before the pandemic. That's when the book came out. 
So at that point, they made the final four for the first time. And people outside of UP might have been questioning, why are they celebrating so much? It's just like a final four appearance, right? They've been losing for so long, but it meant so much more to them. It was something which to them symbolized not just basketball wins, but unity of people from UP, who, by the way, they have different fraternities, right? When you're from you, um, from how it was explained to me, because I did go to UP, so I had to try to learn it as much as I can. A lot yeah. of these alumni who came together came from different fraternities, came from different walks of life, different organizations, different industries. And they put all of that aside to unite in helping turn this yeah. basketball program around. And like I told you guys, I watch sports because I love the human aspect of it. I love yeah, the human yeah. aspect of sports and that unity, that love, that passion. It it was something that I found very interesting. And I am beyond thankful for the relationships I have built with people behind the scenes in UP over the years yeah. and how they gave me the chance, someone from La Salle, they gave someone from DLSU the chance to write the book about how they turned their program around. Good and that. I'm always think, I'm always going to be thankful to them for that. Um, yeah. And I had fun writing that book. I had fun on those long drives, going to different places to interview people integral to that story. And, you know, the hours of transcribing, the hours of writing, rewriting, mm -hmm. editing. It was the most, Shit. until today, it was the most challenging goal I ever um, probably it. went through writing a book is it. um, it's there are some challenges along the way but it's yeah. also so fun along the way and it's so fun not just because I wrote the book not just because I accomplished something I always wanted to do and I've always wanted to write a book about a story worth telling but it was so fun yeah. because of the people I met along the way and getting to see how much they love something which was the yeah. basketball program and experiencing yep. that. And it's just hard to put into words. And, uh, and it's legacy yeah. building, legacy building, you know, uh, to see your name in front of a book sold out too. <laughs> if I may add Mata sold out, no. <laughs> so that's, I mean, you. I bet. Pinirmahan pa. Pinirmahan pa Mata. <laughs> Grab actually, it. actually, when you were telling that story, I was thinking, Wait a minute. Did this guy graduate from UP? Parang DLSU nga siya eh. Why, why yeah. would he write about like this competitor? Sabi na natin, competitor exactly. in, in the UAP. Tapos parang, yeah. I mean, I guess the human aspect is the is the one uniting factor of it all. And it's very, you know, inspiring in that sense. In terms of, I know, in terms of sports in general, no? do you think that um, do you think that it ever gets tiring? Because it's always sort of the same stories, but the different combination of factors. Na, um, na okay, this this star player gets uh, gets um, bitter and gets traded, or there's a rising star all the time. There's it's just different characters per se. Do you think it ever gets super cyclical in 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 a way, or do you think that there's always something to be to be garnered from like there's always a new story to tell i think there's always a new story to tell because of the people mm -hmm. involved i think there are different people different perspectives different personalities now don't get me wrong there have been days when i was a reporter where it's a friday night my friends are out they're catching up yeah. high school reunions college reunions right. and 
I'm in a semi-empty arena watching a game between two teams that obviously aren't even that going aren't going to contend. So there have been yeah. days like that, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. sure there have been days for different people in different industries where it's um they kind of sometimes wish they're somewhere else. But for the most part, it's it's sports and I love it. And even if I wasn't working in sports media, I would still be doing a lot of what I'm doing now, you know, catching up with news, reading articles, watching yeah. interviews, trying to come up with like different things to post on my social media related to that. And, you know, it's, I don't say this to boast. I don't say this um, to show how lucky I am. I say this because I want people to find a profession that when they wake up in the morning, they're excited for the day that's ahead. And after I graduated college, I always told myself, that's what I wanted from a job. I wanted a job where I would go to bed at night happy because I had a fulfilling day and I would wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning excited for the day ahead because I, my job is also my passion. And thankfully knock on wood right now, I feel that way. I do. I'm excited for every day. Days and months have gone by so fast. I I can't believe we're at the tail end of 2023. It still feels like 2020 or 2021 sometimes. But I do feel that way. And I am grateful that I feel that way. And I hope that people also get to feel that way at certain points in their lives because it's a great feeling. Awesome. So, Guru, I, I'd like to follow up on this, you know, this st- style of conversation that we're having right now. Uh, Doris Burke, you know, uh, one of these great uh, commentators in the NBA, mentioned in JJ's podcast, JJ Reddick, the old man in the tree, no? Sabi niya, how can we as media uh, do coverage better so that the casual fan will see things that they usually miss out on? Diba? And mm. it relates to what Matt said, diba? Kasi nakikita natin mga headlines, trades, right? Or injuries, or this highlight, right? And it's always about LeBron or Wemby nowadays, right? Um, Nabs, I think I want to throw you that question. No? Sometimes I see your post as well. It goes deeper, you know? It goes deeper to what you usually see, no? How do you make it to a point to write about things that isn't just the headlines, isn't just the narratives that people usually see. Diba? Sometimes yeah. you break it down to the minuscule details or even the players, the role players themselves, no? and how this right. Jaime Hakez Jr. worked out with Jimmy Butler or whatnot, right? So something like that, right? How, how, do you, how do you do that? Well, the first thing I think that's worth remembering is different people enjoy sports in different ways. So, for example, let's say there are three people in the room. Now, one person will probably enjoy sports for the drama and narratives aspect of it. You know, will Mm -hmm. LeBron finally win his first ring back in 2012, for example? Mm -hmm. Or will Steph Curry um, become the greatest point guard ever in NBA history? So, I've learned Mm -hmm. over time that people have different ways of enjoying sports. Now, the second person in the room might enjoy basketball for how the game is played, the X's and O's, okay? What kind of screens are they going to use to get their best shooters yep. open? What kind of yep. what kind of zone defense is the coach going to use to change the momentum of a game? Uh, what kind of off-ball actions are a team going to use compared to just isoing a player all the time? 
And then there's there's some people, like a third person in the room, who might like the toxic side of it. Um, the <laughs> choker naman yan eh, walang kwenta yan. <laughs> Overpaid, ganyan. You know how people... Now, that third person, I, I am not a fan of that. I don't like the toxicity that keyboard warriors in particular feel they can utilize when it comes to criticizing human beings. Um, now, if the topic is about what these human beings do away from the court, like how they treat other humans, how athletes or how sports personalities um, act like when it comes to their roles in societies, uh, their their actions when it comes to treating other people, you, you some would say, nah, okay, keep it to sports. Don't bring politics into it or don't um, bring the personal lives of the people into it. I, I think that's so difficult in today's day and age because athletes I and agree. sports personalities are such role models and yep. larger than life, they speak larger than life yeah. figures that they yep. might not realize it but they are impacting those who watch them on an everyday basis. So there is a responsibility and level of accountability to what they do away from sports that matters. But yeah. yung mga toxic stuff na, gago naman yan eh, choker yan, <laughs> um, benta yan without any proof whatsoever. I don't like that part of it. But yeah. for the rest, like the other two people in the room I talked about, you know, we can't gatekeep how people enjoy sports. And I know some people might say, okay, that's being a hypocrite if you're getting mad at those who are criticizing um, players the way I spoke about. Well, it's different, you know. Yeah. If you want to criticize someone for how they play, do it, but don't get personal. You have to remember that they're a human being. If you want to, like for instance, if you want to criticize um LeBron James, because he settled for too many jumpers rather than driving to the rim in an important moment of the game. Fine, you know, yeah. do that. Keep it within the game, right? Or But don't say stuff like, he has no heart, he has no desire, yeah. he's a horrible getting human old. being. <laughs> getting old. Getting yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, he is getting old. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, I'm just yeah. saying. Father, father all, all of us are getting old. old. But but hey, I mean, yeah. just because so you know, being old also means you know maturity, IQ wise. Exactly, you're, you're probably exactly. wiser. So that also works to someone's. It worked for Tom Brady all those years. Um, but yeah. yeah, going back to the main point, we can't gatekeep how people enjoy sports unless they get really personal and just violent with how they're mm -hmm. criticizing someone verbally. Um, but look, we all have our everyday tasks, right? I mean, and watching a whole sports game, it's not like it's that easy to just shell out two to three hours a day just to watch sports, right? You're taking away so much of your day. So watch sports how you want it, as long as you keep it respectful. And in terms of sports coverage, just know who to follow. Know what your vibe is. Know what your how you enjoy sports and sports entertainment and find your people essentially i i know this too like my content isn't content that everyone is going to enjoy now i'm thankful because i have people who have told me that they enjoy what i do the work that i do and i'm very grateful to them for that and for following my work but then i also realize there are people who you know i'm not exactly their cup of tea and i'm okay with that because 
they should enjoy the media people that they want to enjoy. Now, again, as long as it's not violent, as long as it's not abusive, as long as it's not personal and beyond disrespectful, then it should be fine. You know, do what, do your thing. You know, there's one thing that I realized watching like the NBA. I mean, I'm not as deep as, for example, si Lance with his Chicago Bulls. No, good luck, pala this season. Pero, <laughs> pero, um, I, I guess, I guess a lot. I realized that there's so many ways to love the uh, just one particular sport. Let's say, and even just NBA. No, there's the drama of it, the beef, the the narratives going into the season. Are they going to win the championship? There's even like the 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 jokes and the uh, what was this? I know what was that Bleacher Report, the Game of Thrones kind of parody yeah. that they have of it. Game of Zones, um, Game of Zones. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, parang there's so many inside reference too, and that's how people kind of like like the, the like the game. Some people like the Shaq Kenny, um, you know, the mid-game analysis, halftime stuff. So yeah, that's true. Um, that's very true, no? Um, I guess in terms of, you know, since we're looking into basketball in particular, for we've been talking about the whole episode. I guess growing up in the Philippines, um, what do you think is the core of why Filipinos love basketball so much? Um, as opposed to any other sport that we might, you know, in a way, might have more chance in. <laughs> so, uh, why why do you think basketball is the one that's stuck to so many people for so long um, and it, it's immersed in se- itself into our culture, our universities, why it's considered so, so, so important? Well, I don't know all of this for a fact, but if I were yeah. to give my opinion, I think there are different factors. Number one is I think the time when we were under American rule, the Americans introduced the game of basketball to Filipinos. And I think that is something that has... Um, overlap generationally. Number two, I think it's also because you know it. We're not um, particularly here in Metro Manila. We don't really have a lot of physical land space, right? Um, and because of that, we don't have, in my opinion, a lot of football fields or soccer yep. fields or mm-hmm. um, other sports. What we do have is a lot of courts where people can play basketball and volleyball, especially in schools, you know, public schools, private schools. You'll see that in a lot of um, areas in Metro Manila and even in the provinces. And of course, you know, we've had the PBA in the Philippines since 1975. It's the second oldest professional basketball league in the world, if I'm not mistaken. So that's something that a lot of people growing up have always been able to watch. We've always had college basketball. We've had the UAP and NCAA for a while. We've had high school tournaments. Um, and because people love basketball due to the PBA, eventually when the NBA games started being um, shown on television, people gravitated towards that, right? Filipinos, uh, people in the Philippines, you know, data has proven that we're um, one of the most active users of social media in the world. And if you look at all major sporting events in America, the NFL, MLB, NBA, even, you know, I, I'm not sure about this, but even maybe um, football in Europe, 
the NBA is actually the league that has always been the most active digitally when it comes to content and viewership. Yep. And because like people Super in the agree. Philippines are active on social media, then if you're a sports mm-hmm. fan, you will come across a lot yeah. of NBA content online. So I think the mix of all of that just, you know, um, adds to why basketball is such a popular sport in the country. Although I would also say that other sports are starting to catch up. In addition to, we've always had um, our basketball teams compete internationally, Asian Games, Sea Games. Uh, some yeah. people watch that growing up too. But then if you look at sports over the last few years, you know, volleyball's rise in popularity has been very apparent. I think you're going to see more and more volleyball fans. I think football's rise has also become apparent, especially with the incredible accomplishment of our Philippine team in the World Cup recently. Yep. And of course... Mm-hmm. You know, you know, kudos to kudos to um, our television providers for showing other sports as well. Boxing has also always been very popular. I think the NFL is starting to gain more and more popularity in the Philippines too. Tennis. Bianca Bustamante yesterday it was announced that she has been signed to McLaren's developmental program. So who knows? Maybe Jeez. and we have an and we have an Jeez. F4 Filipino racer as well. So I mm. think uh, I forget his name right now. I should remember that. But perhaps he could add to the popularity of motorsport over the years. You know, with Drive to Survive on Netflix, you know, becoming such a hit um, for viewers. Maybe that I know that's how I started loving F one. I only started loving F one like after the pandemic because of Drive to Survive. So maybe that's a sport that gains popularity, right? So as the world continues yeah. to develop in many ways. I think the Filipinos and people in the Philippines will learn to love other sports like they do basketball. And, you know, at the core, basketball will always be something that's special to them as well. Ganda. Puso. Puso, diba? Basketball is puso, right? Uh, yeah, so, Navs, I want to close with this question. Uh, and you can answer it as quickly as you can because we're, of course, uh, lacking in time, no? What's your take on what Draymond Green calls the new media, you know, wherein <laughs> players, man, are taking up the mics. Uh, and in the local scene, Jared Dillinger right, is, is also doing his own yeah. podcast. Right? What's your take on that? And, you know, as a media professional doing this for 10 years now, uh, how are you feeling? Are you feeling uh, uh, that competition with them? You no, know? Or do you feel like it's really a great uh, avenue as well? Well, first of all, shout out to Jared Dillinger. I'm happy to say that he's someone I consider a friend. And in fact, I know how much preparation and hard work and commitment and dedication he and that group put towards making this podcast. By the way, their podcast is incredible, beautiful. The quality is good. The guests they have are good. I agree. Conversations are awesome. So people should check out their podcast. And again, shout out to them for doing that. Um, now in terms of the new media I don't look at it as competition I mean anyone and their grandmother can start a podcast nowadays anyone and their grandfather can start a podcast nowadays anyone and their driver their friend their someone they haven't met since they were classmates in kindergarten or someone can start a podcast nowadays I mean podcasts are popping out left and right and who are we to tell players you're not allowed to have a podcast just because you're talking about something you do for a living, 
maybe I should yeah. do this interview today where you're talking to me about how I do my media work. I I get how some media practitioners, particularly in the States, might feel all oh, these people are doing our jobs for us. And there might be a level of bitterness there to some degree. But they're free to do it if they want to. Right? They're they're free to voice out their opinions. They're free to say what they have to say. And just because you're a basketball player, it's not like you're playing basketball 24-7. Just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you're doing your... Sure, you'll work out in the morning, you'll eat right, maybe you'll train again in the afternoon, but then what the what are you doing the rest of your day, right? Are you supposed to just bomb and watch TV shows or play video games and not do podcasts just because you're an athlete? I mean, let people pursue their passions, let them go for what they want. And it's about building communities. It's about building your network. I am grateful to say that you know I have people who listen to my podcast, who watch my podcast episodes, who... Uh, look at my work and that's a community that I have built over time the the key to anything not just podcasting not just working in media not just being a writer is consistency you know consistency is a key to success if you want to be successful in whatever you're achieving after so if you want to be a podcaster whether you're an athlete whether you're a student whether you're a media practitioner whether you are, you know, an accountant, a lawyer, whatever you are, right? Uh, a salesman, saleswoman. If you want it to be successful and you're willing to put in the time and effort to making it work, then it's going to work. And just because you have a certain title of what you do, it doesn't mean that you're allowed and not yep. allowed to do certain things. Yep. I mean, you're not allowed to like commit crimes right you're not allowed to like do stuff that are illegal or like you know a disservice to humanity and other human beings but in terms of like passion projects why the hell not i mean all for everyone in the world isn't that what we're all doing aren't basketball players just chasing their passions as well by playing basketball or aren't you two just chasing your passions as well about talking to people about their careers and learning about it so you know it's I know sometimes it feels like the world is very small, but there's enough room and space for a lot of us to succeed in our respective fields. And if we just took the time to help each other out along the way, rather than displaying how superior we are to everyone else, that can go a long way in helping all of us. Nicely said. Oh, nicely said. Uh, Navs, you know what? Thank you so much for joining us in this shoot. Thank you for showing us what it's like to break some news in between, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, thanks for taking us uh, in your career path as a sports multimedia guy. No? Uh, yeah, uh, it's been great. Cough beat. I hope you guys learned a lesson um, or two from Nav- Naveen Ganglani, um, sports all-around guy. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, um, right. Matt and Lance. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, thanks for asking all those questions. Really great. Thanks for um, delaying the recording a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> appreciate it. Um, and yeah, just thanks for allowing me to reflect on my journey so far. It was really fun to do so. You know, it felt um, a little uh, strange at first to be on the other side of things, but it felt <laughs> good to talk about it then. You two are doing a great job. Keep up the great work. 
I'm sure you thank you will achieve success soon enough as well. Thank you, Navs. Appreciate thank it. Nabs. Thank you, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you so much. Navs, we won't take up too much of your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Stay safe.